we will look at our introduction to God the Gospel. And um, I think um, all I want to say is some of you would have done this probably 30 times if you've been disciples for 30 years. So the introduction will be for everybody. But I also want to get an idea. If people think they've done this before and they want different classes when we're doing God the Gospel, let me know. But I also want to know that people who want to be on this course uh, for God the Gospel to equip us to be able to help others to come to Christ. Okay. And, um, okay, this is where I didn't know I had um, animated the stuff, but it will, it will, um, I'm still learning how to use computers. I'll get it eventually. I think um, when we come to these things, and especially as we read through the book of Acts, and I, I, I'm glad we're doing the book of Acts because it teaches us a lot as to how we engage with people. The first thing I really want to mention is the mission is led by the Holy Spirit. Okay? We are instruments, but the Holy Spirit goes ahead of us to do the work. Okay? The Holy Spirit works in all our lives. And at the end, I want you to reflect on your conversion. And you probably agree with what I'm saying. We all came to Christ, not because we got up one day and thought Christ convert me, the Holy Spirit was working. Okay, the other thing about conversion is nobody woke up one day and said, I'm converted. God used others to speak to others. There's human agency. I don't know why I believe it's exactly why Christ came. God could have sat somewhere, but he sent human. He came in the human form to deal with us. So there's a way where God works. The Holy Spirit working through men to touch other people. And that is how it works. Okay. But Christ charges us. This is Luke. And again, Luke acts in the old book would have been one book. It's a sequel. It's a continuation. At the end, after the resurrection, the road to Amos event, People come and say, we met Jesus. They wouldn't believe. He told them this. This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. He's talking to his followers. Of course, in Acts 1, he repeats that. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, and Matthew 28, we have the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. Disciples, this is our charge. This is our charge. Okay. God loves the world so much, he wants the world to be saved. And this is our charge. This is our charge. As I shared, even though men live, they are dead because of sin. And guess what? Somebody needs to mention that to them, make them aware, and show them the way to come to Christ. And that is the charge we've been given as disciples. And so, in the book of Acts, Luke leads us quite well as to the sketches of how this comes to fruition. 
and geographically it will be done as per Acts 1 8. You'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Jesus says, Go into all the world. So Luke begins with that. He also tells us throughout the book. Actually, the message went out numerically. People, many were saved. Amen. And then the message went out qualitatively. There was spiritual growth and stability. It wasn't just numbers. And I think, again, it's important. It's okay for us to reach out to people, but I tell you, as a church, if we don't grow maturely in the faith, it will crumble. And if you've been a disciple for quite some time, you probably know what I'm talking about. But I will not emphasize on that. We need to grow in our faith. Okay? Spiritual growth is important. So Luke emphasizes this fruition by giving us um, summary. After every section, he gives a summary. Okay? And the summary he gives after 6, 7, This is what he tells us. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient. So the number spread geographically. Okay. Increased rapidly. Disciples increased rapidly. Large number of priests became obedient. Spiritual growth. Do you see what is going on? Acts 9.31, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, green geographic, is spreading. There was a time of Peter and strengthening, spiritual growth. Living in fear, it, it's increasing numbers, numerical growth. We see this pattern throughout the book of Acts as we read. Okay? And uh, we shouldn't be afraid of numerical growth or spiritual growth or geographic growth. Okay? In this other section, he said, but the word of God continued to spread and flourish. It grew and multiplied. Okay? So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Okay? And finally, in chapter 28, you know Paul was in detention. And what happens? I mean, I love this verse. Paul is in detention for two years, Paul stayed there. He was in Rome in detention. This is where he would be killed. In his own rented house, he was under house arrest and welcomed all who came to see him. Amen. And what did he do? Guys, I'm under house arrest. I can't talk about the gospel. No. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And he was beheaded. Okay? But this is sketches of our fruition. Of course, the button is passed on to us. Go and make disciples of all nations. We are given the charge. Okay, Second Timothy chapter two, verse two. And the things you fed me said in the presence of many witnesses. What should we do? And trust to reliable men and women who will also be qualified to teach others. Okay, so every disciple actually is called to be entrusted with the word, be qualified to go and do what teach others. Honestly, it is very simple. You don't need PhD in theology to do that. And I've shared my story again and again. When I got baptized, I was the most timid individual on this earth, I can assure you. 
me standing here talking tells me the Holy Spirit works. When we study the Holy Spirit, you understand. He gives gifts of service. I believe me standing here speaking is the Holy Spirit gifts of service. Because I was such a timid, shy person. If I came to church, I wouldn't even open my mouth to sing. In those days, brothers used to challenge even visitors. Brothers would come to school and say, oh, you didn't sing. What's wrong with you, you know? <laughs> and as we studied the Bible with me, as we even do today, somebody was studying with me and somebody was taking notes. And at the end of the study, they gave me that sheet of paper. And I went home. And I referred to it. And after I got baptized, in my timidity, I invited a guy to church. And he said he would study the Bible. No, actually, I didn't invite him to church. I said, would you want to study the Bible? And he said, yes. I said, when are you free? So lunchtime, I meet him in the canteen, students, and I studied the Bible with him. And I began with the word of God, just as they did, and discipleship. And when I finished, after six weeks, he said, so when do I get baptized? And I said, oh, you need to start coming to church then. <laughs> I didn't even invite the guy to church. Okay? I said, he said, when is the next church meeting? And we'll have a midweek meeting like this. It was a Tuesday night. He came to the midweek meeting, and um, I took him to Douglas Jacobi. And I said, oh, the guy wants to get baptized. DJ looked at me as if I've lost my head. And he said, really? Why? I said, I've been studying the Bible with him for the past six weeks. So after the meeting, we went to the local McDonald, which was just 100 meters walk from and DJ sat with this guy, went through everything, and said, he's, he's ready. And Thursday, the guy got baptized. And I said to DJ, so who's going to disciple him? And he looks at me and says, you. I said, well, I don't know how to do that. He said, of course you do know how to do that. You've just done it. Continue with this guy. He brought his friend, and the two of us studied, and then got baptized. And then another friend of his came, and before I realized... I'm chasing four teenagers doing their A-levels, making sure they get to lectures. You see what I'm saying? I had not even been a disciple for how many months? Because it's not me. This is how God works. We are all called to do this. So I can tell you that it is not difficult. It's a spiritual thing. You don't need PhD. And it's going to happen. But the button is being passed to all of us. Okay. We all need to be. And I'm quite concerned when somebody says I'm a disciple and they are not studying the Bible. So I'm thinking, really? Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Wow. If we follow Christ. And we think, anyway. Let's go on. But what do we say to people? And again, as I do this introduction, let me correct certain things. People think when we go and study the Bible with people, we are saying we are the only church. Can I correct that? Okay. We are disciples of Christ. There may be other people saved out there, but we can't claim we are the only church. So I just want you to bear that in mind. If you have those thoughts, it may be arrogant. And be careful. But be secure in your salvation. 
And again, when we do the studies, you will realize what I'm talking about. Be secure in your salvation. Let me share another testimony. Again, Kentish Town, 4 o'clock p.m. I remember this story. I was walking, a guy walks by and said, Hi, mate, um, are you a Christian? He said, yes. I said, um, would you want to study the Bible? We'll have a meeting tonight. He said, yeah, why not? I'll come along. So this guy came to the meeting. I met him at 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock he was at the meeting. Do you know what this guy has done and why he was in London just for three days? He's printed over 20,000 tracks of what it means to be saved. It was in a ship going to a destination where he believes God has called him to go and convert people. Wow. So again, we finished the discussion, meeting, and we went to that same McDonald's. And we said, wow. You mean you used your own money? There was no crowdfunding in those days. He used his own money to print thousands of tracks as to how one gets saved and he's going to this destination. The thing has been shipped to be a mission and convert people to Christ. What a great noble heart. Myself, Roger Williams, and Steve Allen sat with this guy. And we went through the plan of salvation. Do you know what he did? He phoned a shipping company to say, can you dump those things? And he got baptized two weeks later. You see that guy? If you compare my commitment to his, or his commitment to mine, he was more committed. Do you understand what I'm saying? And again, when we come to Cornelius, we look at these things. But it's not so much. It's the message of salvation. And we need to be humble as we take it. We should be humble that it came to us. And we should be humble and not judgmental. Because when Paul met those disciples in Acts 19, he wasn't judgmental. Have you received the Holy Spirit? No, we haven't. Oh, we are disciples of John. It was out of love. He didn't say you are lost. He said, actually, let me tell you about Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? How we go matters in humility. In humility. But people ought to be saved. We begin always with God. Which this, if you were here the last time I did this, you have this. Okay. We are going to take God to people. God is love. Amen. He loved the world so much that he sent his son. And God is holy. But there's a problem. What is the problem? We have sin. Every human being sins. Okay? And when you do sin, it causes problem with God. Because he hates sin. Okay? So when you do sin, the wrath of God is coming on you. And what did God do to stop that happening? He came down and died on the cross for us. This is the message we are going to take. It's the summary of our message. Amen. God loves you. You have sinned. 
he wants you to come back home. You turn away from him, he wants you to come back home. That is the message, summary of the message we are taking. We may do it in various ways, but that's the message we are carrying to people. And God's message is very simple. We don't want to make it complicated. Okay. So, again, I like this. I copied it from somewhere. It said the true solution is found in the unique reality that lies at the heart of Christianity and separates it from all the religions and the philosophies of the world. Moved by his love towards sinners, God himself became man in the flesh for the purpose of putting himself as the object of the wrath. He came down so that he will stop this wrath. He put himself between the wrath and mankind. That is what God came to do through Christ. Okay? The wrath that was deserved by sinners. He put himself in the place of those sinners so he could save sinners and still be true to his holy nature. There is no deeper truth in the universe than this. Ah, wow. What a great summary. That is the message we are taking out. That is the message we are taking out. Okay. So when I say, God, a gospel, in summary, we are trying to say to people, for you have sinned and you've fallen short and you are justified. In other words, you are set free by God's grace, his redemption through Christ. You were dead in your sin, in your transgression, even though you are alive, but by grace you've been saved through faith. Amen? That is a message we're taking out. How do we do that? So in summary, we are saying to people, they need to hear the message, they need to believe, they need to repent, they need to confess Jesus as Lord, and they need to be immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. This is the message we are taking out. I can email this to you. Okay, this is the message we are taking out. How can they believe unless they hear the message? How can they hear the message unless somebody goes to them? That's why human beings will be going. Even Paul, the apostle, Ananias has to be sent to him. The guy was scared, but he had to go. Okay. And so, this is the summary of what we are taking out. Okay. So, hearing means we are giving knowledge. Hopefully, based on that knowledge, they will come to faith. They will make the decision. When we talk about faith, we are talking about assent. Saying, yes, I believe, but also trust. Okay. It's, it's, the, it's the usual thing where the guy walk, having a, a whole barrel, tightrope walk or something, in a whole barrel. Did you hear the story? Yeah, he's on a whole barrel, on a tightrope, and this guy said, wow, you are amazing. He said, do you think so? Yeah, you are amazing. And the guy goes again, he said, do you, so he asked him, do you think I can put people in the whole barrel and still go across? He said, absolutely you can. He said, okay, jump in. He said, no. You see what I'm saying? There was a way where he said you are amazing, but he wouldn't jump into the whole barrel. That is not faith in the guy, is there? And sometimes we say, Jesus is Lord. But 
we are not going to do what he has asked us to do. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say? There is no faith. Where there is faith, there will be obedience. There will be trust. So, hearing, then faith. So, faith, we're looking at the heart. We're looking at the heart. Repentance, proved by this, we're looking at the life. Okay? Baptism, relationship with God, grace. And perseverance. People who have eternal hope never gives up. If our hope is eternal, wow, we never give up. But that's what we are talking about. So these are the topics we'll be looking at. I thought it would all come in one go, but um, okay, so Jesus is the only way. Seeking God, the word of God, discipleship, serving the poor and needy. Sometimes we do discipleship and of course it's about the mission, isn't it? But Jesus came also to preach the good news to the poor. Release the oppressed. We are Christians need to that's our mission too. That is our mission. Repentance, the church study, baptism, Holy Spirit and false doctrine studies I do if needed. There will be other studies. This is not for there will be other studies like obedience, faith, grace, resurrection, fear, whatever. <laughs> this is just few. The Bible is big. Okay. Can do study on lordship. So many other studies you can do to help the individual come to faith. Okay. And I put this list down eating. Oh, whenever you meet somebody, you should start with Jesus the only way. Not necessarily. I was sharing with the guys, or with Jabu and Cameron. There was a guy I studied with who is a disciple now. The first study I did with was sin. I met this guy. He said he wants to study the Bible. We sat down. I said, how can I help you? What do you need? He said, I'm struggling with this and this and this and that. I said, great. Turn to Galatians 5.19. We did Galatians 5.19. He finished. He said, how can I become a Christian? That's what he needed. Okay. So, it doesn't have to start from Jesus the only way. It depends on the individual. That's why when you sit with people, just ask about their lives. Where they are on the spiritual journey. And you help them according to what their needs may be. Okay. So, these are the topics we'll be looking at. As I said, some of you would have done this already. But it would be good to go through and equip ourselves for what we need to do. Discussion points. The first thing I encourage you, when you are studying the Bible with people, trust that the Holy Spirit is doing his work. You are not going to be perfect. Even when you say the wrong thing, God may use it positively because the Holy Spirit is working and it's not you. Always remember your personal conversion. Think of how you became a Christian and you realized the Holy Spirit was working. Believe me, the Holy Spirit was working in my life when I became a Christian. I wasn't looking for God particularly. I was looking to pass my exams. I was there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? 
but the Holy Spirit was working. So the lady, the sister, who I borrowed a bag to collect books from the library, took it, said it, came back and gave her the bag and said, oh, we have a Bible talk, do you want to come? I didn't want to go. I was too busy. I thought she's been so kind. Let me just pop in for 15 minutes. Okay. So I pop in for 15 minutes and here I am. Do you understand what I'm saying? God was working. He's always working. All right. So it's never, we think, wow, no, God first loved us. We think we are so awesome, we gave ourselves to God. No. Stop being arrogant. God first loved you. He's been working since you were born, even before you were in your mother's womb. He was trying to have relationship with you. So God is always working. Let the Bible speak. Now, when you study the Bible with somebody, when you finish, ask yourself, did they do more talking than you? If you did more talking than them, it's not good. That means you are sharing your opinion was too much. Let the Bible speak and ask them questions. Let the Bible convict. If you study the Bible with people and you did more talking than them, you haven't done a great job. It means you are forcing your opinion on them. You are forcing your thoughts on them. Let them come to their own conviction. Okay? Remember that prophet Nathan and David? Nathan could have gone to David and said, you murderous person. But he told a story. Wow, there was a guy who had loads of lambs and there was this poor guy who had nothing and you know, this guy went and stole the only thing he had and David said, who is that guy? Let's go and kill him. <laughs> he said, you are the man. What do you mean I'm the man? Oh, you remember that woman? You have many wives and concubines and you took this you see what I'm saying? Conviction. Let people be convicted by the word. Ask the questions, but don't force your opinions on them. Okay, let them come to conviction. Many advisors make victory sure. You need to get a lot of advice. Okay. Somebody phoned me today with a guy there studying. Why did he phone me? Because I studied the Bible with Jackie and I studied the Bible with Mo and Sumaya, who are Muslims, who became Christians. He said, how did you study with them? What did you study with them? I said, I did a deity of Christ. I went into the Messianic prophecies. I had to break certain barriers in Islam down. You understand what I'm saying? Then I finished and I said, another good guy you want to talk to is Rubik. So this guy is getting advice to help this Muslim friend who wants to be a disciple. It's important for us to do that. Many advisors make victory sure. Relationships. You have no idea the power of the church to convert. How many of you know Michael O'Hanlon? Okay, some of you do. Look at me and Michael O'Hanlon. What do we have in common? Nothing. Sorry? <laughs> we are both men. That's true. <laughs> yes, we are men. Oxford graduate, writing, you understand what I'm saying? We have nothing in common. Handsome, tall guy, and uh, I reached out to this guy. The day I reached out to him, he had written a book, 
and the book was being converted into a film. So, the day I met him, he was going for the film festival in Leicester Square. And guess which film won? His film won the award. Okay. And then, um, he's so busy, I'm trying to get him to come to church. So he came to church, and I realized he's interested in tennis. <laughs> get another guy who plays tennis so well that I knew. His name is Richard Budget. I said, Richard, you need to take this guy to play tennis. That's your duty for the rest of your life. <laughs> so Richard took Michael, they played tennis, and guess what? Richard is very good, and he beat Michael. Michael won't have it. And change his schedule and come for more tennis, and Richard will beat him. And he will keep coming. You see what I'm saying? That's what he needed to enter the kingdom. A dose of humility... Good friendship. Okay, all I did in the brother's flatters, I cook my chili con carne and they come and eat after tennis. That's all I could do. Okay, and uh, so you need to cook for your friends, by the way. If you are studying the Bible, food is a great thing to get into people's hearts. Okay, anyway, but the thing is, Michael O'Hanlon became a disciple. But the other thing that convicted Michael. Was. He, he, he was going to church. He was a deacon in his church. So we built a relationship. We got to know his family. His dad was in the Second World War. And um, the dad was in a wheelchair. They lived in a big house in his Finchley Central. The, the dad had a, yeah, a carer in those days. It wasn't common. But had a personal carer. They come and clean the house and all the rest. In fact, in the building, they even had a lift within the house. You see, he was being taken care of. So, myself and my family group, and Slater, and Kavanaugh then, were, were co-leading, and talking about serving the poor and the needy. I'm not saying Michael and the family were poor or anything like that. But we decided as a family group, we'll go and help Michael start. So we went in, they cooked, we had a conversation, we did a garden. Of course, Michael was on his trip in Europe or wherever. He came back and taught his church members did that and was asking. So he gave me a great project. When I was away, did you visit my dad? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, the family group went and we did a cooking and Alison Smith was in my family group, the best cook. When she came to my our family group, he changed our our dietary, whatever. We used to have biscuits and cheese all the time. Alison came and said, oh, can I do a bit of cooking? We said, really? You sure? That was amazing. It transformed our family group. Anyway. So Michael was so convicted that he's been going to this church for over how many years and no church member had gone to his house to serve his dad. But he hasn't even been to our church yet. And we went to clean the dad's house, did a garden, spent time with him, an old man in a whole chair. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just possible we didn't give you the gospel, we shared our lives with you. It is important. We're not just going to pass information, we pour our lives. We share the gospel at a deep level. If not, it will be a sham. Amen? Relationships do matter.
as we share the gospel. We need to know each other. Of course, it may take time, but it's not just passing scriptures to people. No, they can do that on YouTube. Um, we need to be build love. Love relationships do matter. At this point, I want to have a, a discussion. Amen. And the discussion is um, you've been reading the book of Acts. I want you to take any conversion in the book of Acts, any person in the book of Acts that you think, um, if you met this person, how would you approach the gospel with them? So let's have a discussion. Anybody in the book of Acts, a scenario. I don't have anybody in mind, but uh, if you do. Sorry? Who? Okay, if you met the Ethiopian eunuch, what would you study with him? <laughs> okay, so let's take the Ethiopian eunuch. He's a um, chancellor of Yeshekah. He's highly educated. He's rich. He knows God well. He's committed. He traveled thousands of miles to worship God. Even though he will not be allowed to enter the temple where he was going. Because he's unique. He's castrated. He cannot enter the temple. So you meet this guy, loves God, spent huge amount of money. The average person could not have the scroll of Isaiah. Do you understand what I'm saying? What do you teach this guy? What do you, you see what I'm saying? You are almost intimidated. What do I teach this guy? Do you see what I'm saying? And the message is about Christ. And we're going and all we are saying is, have you got the message of Christ down? That's all we're asking. We are probing. We are asking questions. And hopefully, when people are not, they may be humble enough to say, actually, no. What stops me from getting baptized? What stops me from getting saved? So, thank you, the Ethiopian unit. What about Simon the sorcerer, the magician? Oh, like Cornelius. Cornelius. Wow, Cornelius. What an impressive guy. What does the Bible say about Cornelius? Let's go to Acts 10. I mean, I love this guy. Cornelius, Acts 10. Imagine you met this guy. Cornelius would have been, yes, because the Ethiopian eunuch was... Sorry? It is a big conversion. But I said, as a Syria, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need. Amen. And prayed to God regularly. That's a man. I mean, you come, this guy is so generous. He's serving the poor. He's running the charity marathon for charity. You see what I'm saying? He's in the... And he loves God. He will convict you by his prayer life. What do you say to this guy? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I said, you meet very impressive people. But, and indeed, because of his status, it's interesting, Peter, the Apostle Peter, 
refused to even go to this guy's house. God had to convict him in a vision. God had to bring the tongues to show Peter, you can do this. Okay, yeah. So what would you study with? What would you study with Cornelius? Again, it's about salvation. Cornelius, you have wonderful qualities, but you're a sinner like anybody else, and you need salvation. Okay, that is what we're going to do with Cornelius. What about Simon the sorcerer? He's a magician. How do you deal with this guy? Spiritism, occult. Okay, he's into the occult. He's into witchcraft, magic. Okay, how do you deal with this guy? What about Paul? The apostle, who became the apostle Saul. He knows the scriptures. Pharisee of Pharisees. Committed to the law. As to legalistic righteousness, he said, I'm faultless. Wow. He will go to the length to defend God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. He will defend that to death. He will kill people who didn't believe in that. How do you convert Ananias? I mean, Barnabas, how do they deal with this guy? But you are, I'm saying this because you are going to meet all these people. You are going to meet all these people as we go out. The Holy Spirit didn't stop in Acts 28. It's working with you now. Apollos. Apollos. Wow. What does the Bible say about Apollos? In Acts 18. Wow. He said, uh, he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and spoke with great fervor, taught about Jesus accurately. Wow. That is a man. Great preacher. Charismatic. Knowledge. How do you convert this guy? Priscilla and Aquila, what did they do? Come home and eat with us. Let's feed you. Let's do some barbecue. And then the scriptures are proclaimed to him humbly. It wasn't a, a power. Humbly sharing the scriptures. That is what helped. Who else? The jailer. Who? The jailer. This guy and his family. He's thinking he's about to die. He's afraid. And Paul said, don't be afraid of death. Come to salvation. Okay. What about the guy who was sick? You see what I'm saying? We're going to meet a whole range of people. We're going to meet a whole range of people. But you know what? God wants them to be saved. The Holy Spirit is already working. We just need to equip ourselves, present the scriptures, and with prayer, God will save souls. Amen? So this is the background. And uh, in terms of practicals, let me just give you practicals. If you're a Christian, I will encourage you, strive to study the Bible with people. Okay. If you don't use the word, you even forget what you know. So use it. Use it within your family, with your friends, 
Um, like we are talking about Saturday outreach. Wow. Sometimes I go outreach and I have a line. I think of what I'm going to say. One day I went out and all I wanted to ask men, what do you think of Jesus? If we mention Jesus, what comes to mind? That's all. That was the only line. I went from man to man asking that question. Have you heard of Jesus? What comes to mind when we mention Jesus? It was interesting to hear the reaction. I had 12 people giving me their numbers, wanting to study the Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? I didn't say come to church. I didn't have any argument. I says, what do you think of Jesus? So think of something basic we are going to ask people. Okay. If we talk about love, what does it mean to you? Honestly, that's an interesting topic, isn't it? What does love mean to you? Sometimes I meet married couples and I said, what creates arguments in your marriage? The guys always look at me funny and the women start talking. <laughs> I said, what creates tensions in your marriage? So why are you asking? I said, well, I'm a Christian. I just want to know. I just want to find facts about these things. And I said, how do you resolve it? And it's quite interesting, isn't it? If I ask the Maris in this church, it's the same question. They will be convicted equally. What creates tensions in your marriage, David and Merlin? And how do you resolve it? You see what I'm saying? But you get people's attention. They say, oh, that's a weird guy. What question is that? But believe me, they will not forget that, those questions. And I say, oh, that's my card, by the way, if you want to come to church. They will think about it. Because it's real. It is real. Could be parenting. How do you handle your children? Okay, so you need to think of something that will provoke. Okay, don't do silly things and jump the tube and say, oh, by the way, there's a bomb here, which is something a brother did with me. He got rebuked, by the way. I remember it was Wood Green Station. We went into the tube, we were about to preach. And in those days, it was the IRA bombing people. And this brother, he was Canadian got into the team and said, oh, there is bomb, and everybody frightened. No, 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 we're about to share Jesus with you. Oh, dear. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> that was his way of getting people's attention. <laughs> is, he still, is he still alive, bro? So what I'm saying is don't do silly things like that. Okay, it will not promote the gospel. <laughs> yeah, I remember him. I won't mention his name, but we used to call him a zealot. He was a zealot. I mean, he loved the Lord for sure. But he would do any crazy thing to get. Yeah, we went on the team. So, hi everybody. Oh, there's a bomb there. Oh, sorry, I was just trying to get your attention. I thought. Don't even talk about it. Then he started, we are Christian. I said, oh no. <laughs> so we, we go to the next stop and I said, we need to run out of here because the police are about to catch us. Anyway, we shall end here because the children are here and we have the bad day things to do. So thank you. But this is the introduction We'll continue, and we'll take a topic and go through, all right? We'll take those topics. Where are they? Yeah, we'll go through those topics as necessary.
Thank you very much for your time.